Hello guys, I am so proud to announce that I have made it to season two of Listen Chica and honestly it feels so good to just have a microphone in front of me and be able to do this because believe it or not this brings me so much joy to be able to do, um, to be able to be transparent and vulnerable to anyone that decides to listen um, because it just makes me happy. It makes me happy to be able to express myself the way that I do um, and you know it in a way that is a little more therapeutic than someone would think. Um, and for this episode specifically, um, this one's going to be called Why Can't I Stop the Intrusive Thoughts? It's basically going to be just like an intro to um, what I was going through mentally kind of towards the end of like um, Listen Chica season one. Um, so like sometime like last year, I want to say in like October to like January um or September like January um yeah it was really 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 hard mentally like I was going through something that I don't think I had ever experienced as severely as I did um and a lot of people that you know that I'm not that I I would say I am close to and a lot of people that I'm not close to a mixture of them probably had no idea what I was going through um only like um you know, the closest people to me that I would see every day were able to kind of see for themselves how I was mentally. And it was something very draining. And it was something kind of like humbling coming out of it because at that time, at that time, I couldn't understand what I was going through mentally enough to where like, I felt like I had no answers. And I think one of the worst feelings to have is that you don't have an answer for something and if you don't have an answer for something you don't know how to fix it and so even with me like me being so in love and loving anything having to do with like self-help and psychology being my major and always trying to learn about the mind and how to better yourself like all these things I thought would be able to be enough to help me um, understand what I was going through but that was not the case. Um, and I'm a very impatient person. So overall, like it was something very, very challenging and like frustrating. Um, for this episode, I'm also not going to edit out if I mess up in any parts throughout this, um, podcast, because going into season two, um, I want to be so transparent more than I was in season one, um, enough to where, I will just be able to kind of say what I'm going through and not expecting everyone to relate to it and not expecting everyone to get something out of it Um, because even what I might battle with, someone else might not battle with, but these things that I have learned, I think could help anyone because I think a lot of people do struggle with um, intrusive thoughts or anxiety or type of mental disorders that are very, they're they're just so overpowering and sometimes people try to look for answers and we can't find them so even if you were to have people around you that might benefit from this um is amazing because I would have wished that I could have every resource that I looked up and that I tried looking for throughout this time I wish I would have found an answer sooner but I'm I'm not going to complain because I think everything happened for a reason especially in the way that it happened which I'll be describing in this um episode Um, and I just wish I would have had someone there, um, 
kind of know the answer, but I, like I said, I'm still so thankful for the people that were there to help me and were there to guide me, um, whether that was spiritually or emotionally or just even being like a, a simple support system for me. Um, it was, it helped because I think it made my process go a little quicker since I also knew I didn't want the way I was feeling to affect my loved ones and the people that I care about. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm so thankful for everyone that was there to guide me. Um, but overall when I, it, it's hard to have questions about things and, um, not even know the answer. So I had so many questions and I had no answers. So I had no way or no guide to get better as far as like what I was actually going through, if that makes sense. And I think it'll make a little more sense the more I'll start describing, um, you know, my journey throughout this, these past couple of months. So I'm going to go ahead and start off. Um, I am not a licensed therapist at all. Look, I'm still in college for my degree in psychology. Um, so please, um, take my, what I'm saying here very, very lightly and with a grain of salt. Um, I'm, this is just what I personally experienced. Um, and as I said, it might be different for someone else or it might not be, but if you get one thing out of it, at least just know that I am being super transparent here <laughs> and even enough transparency to where like I, it's kind of uncomfortable a little bit because I know I'm open to, um, criticism and judgment. Um, but I think I'm not going to focus on that because even if people will look at me differently or they'll think like, oh my gosh, I never thought that she would be that type of a person. Like that's not my business at the end of the day. And, um, my business is to be able to one, express myself the way that matters to me and the things that make me happy. Um, and just to feel like maybe at least just, like I said, one person would be able to get something from this is more than enough for me. So, um, all right, <laughs> let's, let's get into it. <laughs> so this kind of all started, um, like I said, around like September, October, where I was having these intrusive thoughts. So what, is, what are intrusive thoughts? Um, the best way I could describe like an intrusive thought would be a thought that you get that you don't necessarily want to think about. Um, it's kind of like, and, and I think we all have this, like we all have thoughts throughout the day. I mean, I can only imagine, I know there's a statistic out there that explains how many thoughts a day we have. And it's a crazy number because oftentimes we don't think about just how much we think about throughout the day. And, um, for me though, like I started having thoughts about things that I didn't want and necessarily want to have to where, um, it seemed like over time they just kept getting more powerful. So what were those thoughts you might ask? Um, I, with the relationship that I'm in right now, um, even at that time that I was in a relationship, I started having these kind of like overbearing thoughts of like me maybe not being with the right person and like, what if they're not the one? Um, and thoughts like that, <laughs> that for someone, you know, like I said, this is something you don't typically hear about people, especially when you see people be, um, very open about their relationship, like on social media, um, or what have you not. And so for me, um, having these thoughts were really uncomfortable. Um, and just to give a little backstory, uh, which I think kind of played into this idea of the one and like finding the person that I need to be with um is that one I 
I didn't grow up with both my parents. And I said that before on my, my first season. So not that that, that's an excuse for anything, but that helped me understand that I don't have a set foundation or a basis foundation of what kind of like love looks like between a marriage, between people that decide to be with each other forever and kind of what that looks like. I didn't have that model. And even though I had family that um, an amazing family with, you know, aunts and uncles that I was so close to that are still married to this day. Um, it's one thing to see that on the outside from like other people's family, but it's another thing to have that within your own family, you know, and my own family was always my mom and my grandma. Therefore, like I, when it came to relationships, I was just kind of going with the water. I was kind of going to see where it might go. And I think even with like past relationships of my own, like I even had this type of like anxiety of like oh what if I'm not with the right person and some people might think like oh that's like normal like everyone questions you know whether they're with the white person but like you you figure it out and like I think that's where I knew this was a very much different situation for me than it was for the average person that might feel this way because in my case it was something that I would think about all the time mind you I have a good relationship. Like I have a healthy relationship, not an emotionally, physically abusive relationship. I have a loving, caring boyfriend. I have someone that genuinely cares about my emotions and looks out for me. Um, So the fact that I was having this type of thinking was very, very concerning. Um, And I almost felt like I couldn't trust my own thoughts. And like I said, this is where I knew things were, this was different. This was a different instance from other people because most people have a thought and it's like a fly, you know, you just swing it around, swing it away and it goes away. And it's like, oh yeah, I had that thought. For me, it was like I had a, my brain was like a fly trap and a fly trap, a fly would just like come to the trap, stick there and stay there and would not leave. Um, And not only would it not leave, more would come and then there's just be a bunch of flies on my fly trap brain <laughs> and I didn't like it just seemed like they became more powerful it became so powerful to the point where even with my analogy I know it's weird but it became so powerful to where there were so many flies in my brain that even the thought of another fly coming around aka another thought coming into my mind was so overpowering because I didn't know what to do Because I was like, why am I having these thoughts when I have a good relationship? I'm in a healthy relationship. Um, And so the fact that I just never had kind of like that foundation to begin with, with with parents. And and I know people that even don't have that foundation with parents, having parents. So it's not the fact that whether you have parents that are divorced, whether they're at home or whether you have a single parent. It's the fact that sometimes we don't have the right idea or the right image of um, what a healthy dynamic between two people are and that's okay like that's so that's so normal that's probably a lot more normal than we realize it is um only because our culture kind of like tries to shove this image of love to us that is already completely like off the track and what I mean by that is like especially with all the movies tv shows um and a lot of people that I hear being in relationships like There are these dynamics and not that there's a right or wrong to it, but there are these dynamics that people try to push onto you that are like, oh, well, like, you know, love is about what you get. And and they don't say that verbally, but it, it sets off this tone that like love is all about what you're getting from it. Love is all about those 
butterfly feelings. Love is all about this like good stuff with no arguing. And it's like they they sell this beautiful image in like a movie and like they do this stuff to like try to get people to because I think like the there's a like I said, I need to be more specific with my statistics. I know there is a statistic out there that says like the like the dating and relationship industry is like huge, whether that's like therapy for couples, whether that's like even the idea of like Valentine's Day, like anything having to do with love, even the movies and TV shows that we see, they're all just about trying to sell this specific image of like what love should look like. And love is so like, it's not specific at all. If someone could tell, if you ask people, what does love mean to them? Everyone's going to give you a different answer. Um, And because it's so personal, like love is, it can't, it is a feeling. And I believe love can be a feeling, um, but I also think it can also be a choice. And so it's not one or the other, but sometimes people just sell this image of love that it is one or the other. It is just the feelings. It is just about what you can get. And some people just think, oh no, love is just fully a choice. No feelings. It's just what you decide. Um, And I don't think a lot of things are black and white like that, the way, you know, some people or some things make it seem. Um, But when you don't have that form of reference to it, it becomes really difficult. And sometimes we don't realize that until it's too late. And some people end up in certain relationships that give them that wake up call of this isn't what I want. This isn't the love that I want for myself. Um, And some people just naturally already know it. And that's okay. <laughs> Neither one is wrong. Um, but what is wrong and what will I, what I will agree is wrong is that um, when someone tries to sell you an image of love, that is not realistic. And I think a lot of the times we see love as something super unrealistic. Um, because at the end of the day, the idea of sacrifice and the idea of being able to care for someone and love someone and be there for someone um that's an act of service to someone and it's not just about what you can get all the time and trust me like not arguing is also I don't consider that that's just me personal opinion I don't consider that normal um to not argue only because I think that just the way I have bickerments with my best friends my mom like I how will I see the person I'm with differently there's someone I care about I'm human like I'm gonna make mistakes I'm gonna make someone mad I'm gonna do something that's not gonna come off the right way to someone and that's okay and being able to communicate that is what makes a relationship so strong it's being so transparent where am I going with this see look uh, now I'm going off track because this is even as I forgot to mention the idea of um the image that you know, our culture and our society tries to sell us of love. That's already another episode within itself that I'm already planning on doing for season two um, because I can go on about this. But just to give you an idea for me, that was one part, the idea that I didn't have kind of like a form of reference to be able to um, make decisions confidently because I felt like I didn't have the right to since I didn't know. Um, And then the next thing that kind of played a part for me, which is also something I'm going to be talking about in another episode, um, is the idea that I kind of grew up in, um, I grew up in church my whole life. And I've said this before. Um, and I think I, I would consider myself a Christian for those of you who don't know. I don't remember if I have verbally said that on a past episode. I probably have. Um, but I grew up in the ministry like my whole life, literally, um, from the from the moment I was like five, I started going to church till, um, recently that I haven't had a a home church for a while. Um, but one thing I did kind of get 
an idea of when it came to love in a specific ministry that I was really, really involved in when I was very young. I want to say I was like 14, 15, um, was the idea of the one. And like, even, I feel like even sometimes in specific religions, the idea of the one gets really mixed up because we put this pressure on the idea that a specific person, you have to know the answer to something, right? And um, I was so cleaned up on the idea of like, oh, well, if I can't trust myself to make the decision of whether this relationship is for me or whether it's not, um, what if um, I make the wrong decision and I stay with someone I'm not supposed to and then things will not turn out my way or maybe a bad thing will happen to me. Um, And like my insecurities were just flowing all over all over these thoughts all over these intrusive thoughts and it showed um I it was such crippling intrusive thoughts to the point where like I would 24 7 be thinking about something and not just that like they they morphed into so many different things it wasn't just the idea of like oh am I not with the right person because I've had this problem in relationships before um and I know it wasn't the person that was the problem I knew it was me And not that I was the problem, but I knew this issue had to be resolved through me. Like there was something within myself that I had not been healed from and I had not figured out to where these ideas and these thoughts, I could not control them because my insecurity had a hold on them and they had power over them. And it's like they worked together. It's like, and it became so bad, like crippling anxiety, crippling overthinking every day, 24 seven for like I said since September to like January to where it got so bad that I would go to bed worried about it I'd have a dream about it about my fears why because I'm pretty sure I thought about it so much that my subconscious mind just morphed it into dreams all the damn time um and yeah so like so how does this have to do with um me growing up in church so like I said, I grew like I kind of grew up and I really believed in this ministry that I was in uh, to where they would I would hear a lot of Christians say things like, oh, like God told me this person was the one God told me I'm doing the right thing. And like the Holy Spirit revealed to me and don't get me wrong, like I've felt like a lot of the time God was working in me and that the Holy Spirit was working in me in my heart because I do feel like in that time that I was in that ministry I healed from a lot of things I overcame a lot of things but that idea that like I had to figure it out and like I had to just know gave me so much crippling anxiety because I kind of subconsciously created this idea of God that like he wants me to do something and I need to do it because if not, things aren't going to, he's not going to bless my life. He's not going to bless my relationship. And they wouldn't say things this harshly, but it's like for someone that kind of has sticky thinking the way I do that, like I take things so extremely. And like, I don't think the average person does that. You know what I mean? Like I just take things very black and white. Someone could say, oh, like God told me that this person's the one for me. And someone would be like, oh, that's such a beautiful thing, which it is. But for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you know that? Like, oh my, uh, well, I, God hasn't talked to me. I haven't heard God's verbal voice in my thought, in my mind. What if I'm not doing the right thing? What if like, and it's like this, and you can kind of hear it out of me. Like, this is what the type of thinking that was doing. It was like a game of what ifs. It was like trying to figure out what's the worst case scenario that could possibly happen to me. And I. And I just, I didn't know what to do. 
And you know what? The reason why I think it became so extremely tough for me is because I knew these thoughts weren't what I actually wanted. Like this type of thinking wasn't what I genuinely wanted for myself. And I think that's why they became so challenging. Um, So like I said, around this time, I, I was not paying attention to so much of my thinking. I was paying attention to the fact that I started getting anxiety to where my heart would start palpitating. I would start like freaking out. Like I felt like my brain and my body went through fight or flight mode, um, to such an extreme manner. Uh, and so it got to a point where like, I'm so thankful my boyfriend at the time was very understanding. Um, he didn't take me telling him like, Oh, I'm having these worries about you being the one or like this happening or our relationship going wrong. He wouldn't take them personally, which I think is what helps so much because I know that these thoughts weren't what I wanted. And I think he understood that they weren't what I wanted either, but I just didn't know how to manage them. And like, I didn't know how to control them. And so having his like patience and understanding throughout all this, I know helped me so much. Um, because I just also felt like I was like, how is he not going to take this personally? Like, how is he not going to think me questioning our relationship all the time is, is because I don't want to be with him. Like, how will he distinguish that? But like I said, thankfully he was such a patient person an understanding person that he didn't take it out on me and he wouldn't take it personally to where it would be another thing I'd worry about. It'd be another thing I'd freak out about. So, um, I haven't really been as an, like, close to God, I I would say, as I was before to where um, even when it came to like this, this kind of overthinking that I had, I thought maybe it could have been something like spiritual, which I think I think a good factor of it was um, because I think there was a lot of heaviness in my heart. Um, There was a lot of heaviness in my heart and a lot of things that I could not understand that I know could have been spiritual and it could have been the enemy trying to have a hold on me and reminding me of these insecurities and these things that I, that I'm not, I don't, I'm not deserving of, that I'm not deserving of love, that I don't deserve to have, um, you know, a good relationship. And I think that's why these intrusive thoughts would be so scary because I knew that that's what I wanted, but then my brain would convince me that that's maybe not the case. You know what I mean? Um, so these, these months, like they went on, (laughs) they kept passing these weeks. I would pray, so so much like so much um and the spiritual guide that I did have thankfully was also um my boyfriend's mom uh she I called her so many times because she would help me as far as like the spiritual side and praying for me and you know telling me which bible verses helped um her you know and that type of guidance also was a huge help because um it helped me try to look at my relationship with God that I had kind of not paid attention to prior to me experiencing this um because honestly when you're doing really really good it's really hard to it's 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 more challenging to um seek god to your fullest potential Uh, if anything it's very very much more easier to do it when you're going through something hard because it's like i don't know what to do like this is so heavy on me i have no control over it and so we we go to god um but i I had such a disordered disordered meaning of what god looked like in my life it was so fear-based it was so like i literally saw god as just someone that was kind of like even though he was loving Um, I felt it was more about like what I had to do and like my performance within like whether that was in the ministry or my performance with reading my Bible and praying and like all this stuff. Like I said, like I had such an extreme way of thinking and I I think I still do. Um, And so 
how did this unwind? Um, I got to a point where I would pray like, God, take this away. Take these thoughts away. Like I would pray Bible verses over them. I would do them. Like I would do anything you could think about to just not think about it. But the anxiety that would proceed from my thoughts made it so challenging because I would have a thought and I'd be like, no, 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 that's not like, that's not what I want. And so like I, I'd have this inner dialogue within myself, literally an inner dialogue um, to where I'd be like, no, Brenda, that's not what you want. And then another side of me, I'd be like, well, maybe it is what I want because of this. And I'd be like, no, but you don't want this because you care about the person. And then it'd be like, well, no, because you never know what might happen. They might hurt you. And it's like, inner dialogue to a way that would make like I said my anxiety so much worse so it got to a point where I literally um was in bed and I just cried I cried like I had never cried before because I was so tired it's even making me like kind of emotional just like talking about it like I was so tired of feeling like I had no control over my mind and like feeling like I had no control over my emotions and feeling like such a burden because I felt like I was like a newborn child with like no no set foundation of like emotional intelligence and um so being able to like have that cry and just kind of like I just prayed to God I was like I don't know where I'm standing with you. I don't know where I'm standing within myself. I feel so disordered and confused. And all I can think about is how I just want to feel a sense of peace and relief for at least 20 minutes throughout the day. Like, I just want to be able to not think about anything. And it's so it sounds so simple, like, <laughs> to just not think about anything. But it seems like something would come in my mind without me wanting it to that would take control over my whole mood. And so I had a good cry, a good, it was kind of one, like I waved my, my white flag. I surrendered to, to, to the most. Um, and that is when the next day, um, nothing like super crazy happened, but like, I would say this is kind of like, like I said, whoever's listening to this, I don't know if you believe in God or you don't, but there, like I said, there were a lot of times where I would pray, like, God, take it away. God, take it away. Did he take it away? No, he wouldn't take away those thoughts. They would still continue. Um, and I think I had to realize that it wasn't God's job to always take things away as far as, like, to take my pain away. Um, and I think that was one of, like, the biggest things I had to learn within myself that, like, I was just, like, kind of asking God as if he was, like, a genie. Like, can you give me this? Can you give me this? Can you do this? To where, like, he definitely showed grace upon my life the next day because somehow I was like Googling something. Um, oh, pfft, forgot to mention. Um, one of the things that made this so much more severe for me was that not only did I know it was kind of a little not usual that I was overthinking this much, but I would Google everything. I would literally Google like, how do you know if you're with the one? How do you know? Like these things that sound so ridiculous. And like I said, even being this transparent on here is kind of embarrassing because I I know how this sounds. And it wasn't that this type of thinking that I had for this question only was because with, oh, am I with the right person? No, 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 no. I had to really reflect back on the fact that my type of thinking patterns throughout my life, um, like I said, were filtered through super extreme thinking. And so I had Googled something and um, I ended up on like this Christian platform 
Um, and it was talking about like mental health and stuff. And, and I feel like there's already not that much talk about mental health and, um, like Christians and like the idea of Christianity and, and mental health. Like, I feel like there's not enough information out there about it. Um, and so I had looked up that this girl was like asking a question about something that I Googled. I was just reading through it. And this other girl had, um, responded to it. And she said, read this book. It changed my life forever. I went through exactly the same thing that you had experienced describing on here. Um, and she is, it's this lady called Mitzi. Let me see her name. It's her name's Mitzi Van Cleve. Van Cleve. I don't know how to say that. I'm so sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Cause she's amazing. Um, and I don't know what, like m- something told me like read this book because mind you even throughout this time I was reading a couple of books and they were only doing so much um because I still felt like I hadn't found like the answer I needed in order for me to be able to overcome this um and so I kind of had a moment to be like okay well I'm gonna go ahead and read this book seems pretty short um the book was on Amazon it was only sold on Amazon through like an ebook and the book itself is called striving within the ocd christian overcoming doubt in the storm of anxiety now the reason why (laughs) this specific title stood out to me was one because i had a feeling that i had to read this book um but the idea that it said the ocd christian even the idea of ocd for me especially what i learned in psychology within itself like there is this like social idea of like what OCD looks like and it's always like oh that you wash your hands multiple times throughout the day you're like a clean freak and like you have to do things repetitively in order for you to like have like that temporary reassurance and so like that was like my biased opinion on like OCD I didn't know there was like a like there were different forms of OCD um that can go into intrusive thinking or they can go into like screw scrupulosity I'm about to give you a laugh because I don't know how to say that word um scrupulous scrupulosity I think is um the word to describe people that have OCD within religion so those are people that have such extreme thinking as far as um like the idea of god that they take things so literal to where like they'll be like oh like no like i have to read my bible like four times a day in order for me to be saved um i have to pray this certain amount of time in order for me to be saved and be good through god like there are just the the platform is there for ocd um but i don't think there's enough information out there as far as um like for people because initially I thought and not trying to like self-diagnose myself but I just thought I was I struggled with anxiety and like and with anxiety I just thought oh it's just the feeling like I just feel like I'm I'm getting anxious did I feel anxiety yes but was that the thing that I was struggling with no um I started reading this book now mind you (laughs) I read this book in like two days um and I was yelling like I was yelling in my room every like two chapters I was reading because I could not believe that I had read something from someone that was writing what I was going through in a book like detail by detail like the way she would describe her intrusive thinking the fact that she was not finding any answers um in in the book she basically goes on to describe that she um grew up Christian her whole life and I think this book was was written like before the 2000s for sure um And she just described how she had been going through stuff emotionally and mentally for so long. And she just thought she was kind of like going a little crazy and that she just over-exaggerated. And that she would even see therapists about what she experienced. And at that time, like, 
it sounds like anxiety. Like the way you describe your intrusive thoughts, especially if you struggle with OCD, is that it sounds like you have anxiety because it just sounds like you overthink something to where like you just think about the future and the what ifs and what's going to happen and you over um, you overanalyze it um, to where that's what it sounds like. And in the book, she describes that she went through like four to five different therapists um, that would tell her that it, she struggled with anxiety and that she, medication was the route for her, the, the route for her. And that is another topic that I want to go into when it comes to like mental disorders is that oftentimes than not, even the words like mental disorder, like they sound so extreme and for at least like, <laughs> I love my family. I love my family. Um, I'm, they're all Hispanic, you know, and one of the things I've learned, at least through my mom's generation, and I don't know if this applies to other people's parents, um, is that the idea of mental health and like mental disorders is very, very um, taboo. Like no one talks about it. <laughs> and even if you do have it, it's one of those things where it's like you just get over it, you know, at least in like the Hispanic community, like their idea is that you just put that aside, you put your emotions aside and you do what you got to do enough to for you to just not go there. You know what I mean? Whatever you have to do to cope, just don't go there type of thing. Um, and so for me, it was really hard because I didn't want the I to accept the fact of like, oh, I might struggle with forms of OCD because I'm like, <laughs> like I said, I had such a biased opinion of the idea of OCD that I'd be like, OCD is for those people that like just clean and stuff. Like I have nothing to do with that. Um, but OCD, I later came to realize is, is a lot different than, like I said, what I thought it was. And I'm going to read a little bit part of the book that I guess kind of describes the type of OCD that, um, that I feel like I've struggled with. Um, and so here it goes. It says, in pure O, the anxiety, pure O means like, the type of OCD. There's a form of OCD called Puro. Um, in Puro, the anxiety emerges in response to an unwanted intrusive thought or question, what I call a spike. The ritual or compulsion with this form of OCD involves the non-observable mental pushing away of the thought, avoiding the recurrence of the thought or attempting to solve the question or undo the threat that the thought presents. Pure O has two parts, the originating unwanted thought, which is the spike, and the mental activity in which the sufferer attempts to escape, solve, or undo the spike. This is called rumination, and I think in other forms it's called a compulsion um, with Pure O. It is the threatening, nagging, or haunting nature of the idea which compels the patient to engage in an extensive effort to escape from the thought. Most likely, it is not the intrusive idea per se that drives the response but the associated emotional terror now um just to paint a picture for you um let's just say you have the idea of ocd for someone that has to clean all the time and that is a neat freak and that they have to do things a specific way um what is the mind activity behind that so what the mind activity behind that is that let's just say you are a neat freak and and let's just say that you have this idea that if you don't lock your car seven times, someone's going to get into your car. You didn't lock it right. You can't trust yourself with that. You didn't lock it right. Um, these all what ifs and ideas come into play unless 
you lock it seven times. So there's basically in, in your brain with someone that struggles with OCD, there's this this idea that if you don't have it just right, if you don't have the feeling of, okay, I'm a, I feel okay with this, um, you have to act upon a certain way in order for it you to just feel just right. So our mind naturally associates things like with everything, people in different ways, but naturally our mind associates things. So we, we, we compare things. So we think that by not locking our car, that someone's going to come in, steal all your stuff, take your car, and you're going to be without a car for who knows how long, um, unless you lock it seven times. And that seven times is, is a feeling of temporary reassurance. It's the idea that for a little bit, you're going to feel good. You're going to be like, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, now my car is locked. I can walk away. But what happens the next time? The next time you lock your car, you don't think, okay, I'm just going to lock it one more time and I'll be good. No, your mind already has the idea and this fear-based idea that, well, you locked it seven times the last time, therefore you have to do it again. Because if you don't, then you don't know what might happen. Maybe this might happen and then maybe this might happen. And your thoughts are just filtered through so much fear and so much what ifs that you are driven by that fear. You are driven to do things and think things by that fear. Um, so how does this apply to someone that struggles with pure OOCD, which is, I would say, obsessional thinking, intrusive thinking, um, is that sometimes a thought will come up and it's the same type of like perfection mentality that even every OCD has whether that's physically or mentally, the way it looks mentally is that if you have a thought that doesn't feel right, which is exactly what I was experiencing, I was having these thoughts for things that I did not genuinely want, but I didn't know how to distinguish that from just being a thought and that being from something I genuinely wanted. So it, it was, I was like in a feeling of not feeling right. So in that paragraph I just described from the book, they say that you try to solve you try to figure out, like you try to do whatever you can as your compulsion to make it go away. So what would I do when I would get that thought is that since I already had a fear mentality towards that thought and anxiety that would accompany it, I would try to reassure myself by Googling something and be like, oh, maybe let me try to figure out the answer. I'd try to pray about it and tell God, God, tell me if he's the one, like speak to me, like uh, hoping to hear for the heavens to like open and just say it, you know, and Everything I was doing was just for it to find temporary reassurance. Now, what if I would have just gotten the answer of, oh, yes, like from a psychic that would have just been like, you know what? He is the one. What would that have done? Honestly, not much. I don't think because I still had a lot of insecurity behind that fear based thinking like and that just stems from my heart and like what's in my heart. It's the fact that I have such insecurity when it comes to the idea of men. I have insecurity when it comes to the idea of love that even if someone were to tell me the answer of, oh, he is the one, that wouldn't have been the answer. Why? Because my mind is already driven by fear and things not going right that I would have found another thing to worry about. And that's what I mean. When I started actually reading this book and it started describing symptoms of people that struggle with OCD, at least intrusive thoughts type of form of OCD, um, it made a lot of sense to me as to why I would do specific things because it wasn't just this. Like I said, the relationship part. There are things that I don't notice are OCD that I've struggled with. Like that car example I was telling you about, I've done that before. When it comes to like where I leave my wallet, I cannot tell you the amount of times I have locked or froze my card because I don't know where it is and I think about it and I over obsess about it. So I have to like 
do something small. Like I said, this stuff sounds like really normal and really small to someone and be like, oh, I do that sometimes. No, this is like in a form that's just very extreme that it like it hinders you from living your everyday life or it hinders you from living in the moment, which I think anything that does that should try to be resolved or healed from because you don't want to live like that. You don't want to live in a mentality where you don't feel comfortable with yourself, sitting with yourself, sitting in quiet, sitting in peace. You don't want that for yourself. I didn't want that for myself. And I think that's why it was so terrible, like going through that. And so in that book, um, there's so many layers to that book. There's so many things that I learned from her. Um, One was the idea, like I said, that people have over mental disorders that people think that mental disorders are this, this thing that some people are just too sensitive and some people are too extreme. And I feel like we all struggle from time to time with worrying. We all struggle with things that, um, with certain types of thinking, we all have things that are our own issue, but the problem becomes, like I said, when it cripples your type of daily living, which is what happened to me. Um, so getting over that hurdle of like, oh, I don't want to feel judged or I don't want to go talk to someone and see why I might be struggling with this. All of that stuff, all it does is it keeps setting you back from truly finding freedom. And there are so many resources out there. Like that is the thing I learned throughout these couple of months is that I, even though I have a very extreme way of thinking sometimes that can really help me from time to time, because sometimes when I put my mind to something, like I said, I can put my mind to something if I truly want it. Um, but it also does not work in my favor when I put my mind to something that I, that is not positive And then I keep, you know, putting my mind into it. And so this also became super interesting with my walk with God, because I had to now learn and basically start over with my beliefs of what I had of God and who he was. Um, I had to realize that I have issues. Like I have issues like anyone else. I have insecurity issues. I have issues with maybe not believing that I deserve good things. Like I have issues with thinking about what if things don't go my way and what if my life doesn't turn out the way I want it to. Like I am human too. I have those issues. Um, And sometimes that might play a role into like, feeding into my OCD because I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to make decisions because I think that I want to save myself and I want to protect myself in this bubble where like nothing happens and like, you know, I'll be safe. We just, everyone just wants to feel safe, but that's not reality. Feeling safe and seeking for anything that gives you temporary reassurance in whatever form that looks like is not reality. Um, Reality is accepting that life will come to you in negative waves and positive ones and you have to be ready for the negative ones and you not you don't have to be ready to where you have to worry yourself to death until it comes. No, you have to stay in the moment enough to where when the time does come, it doesn't feel so threatening because you know you're in a set foundation. And for mine, honestly, I'm going to be honest, um, relying on God has helped me a lot. It has helped me come to the idea that like, Things are not under my control as much as I think they are. And even if I try to think my way into taking control over things, like that's not gonna, that's not how life works. And like just going with the flow and letting life play out for itself. Um, and I think that's why like it was extremely hard for me to look at it from like a Christian point of view when it came to this idea of maybe I struggle with OCD because like I said, the lack of resources when it comes to mental health and Christianity, if anything, it's seen as something that's complete opposite from each other 
two different ideas from the different spectrums. Like it's just not something that goes together very well. Um, because oftentimes they're not, and this is something that I love that she mentions in the book that she struggled with at her time when she tried to go see, um, pastors or she tried to go see, seek help within the Christian community about what she was struggling with. The responses she would get were more towards the idea that like, maybe you're not praying enough. Maybe you don't have enough faith. Um, maybe, um, you just don't have a right standing relationship with God. These things that for someone that struggles with OCD takes you into another thing to worry about. Like imagine if you struggle with OCD already intrusive thinking, and then you tell someone that maybe they're not saved enough. That's why they're dealing with what they're dealing with. That is another reason for someone to start thinking, whoa, well, now you just added to the idea that maybe I am not in right standing with God. So what do I have to do to be in right standing with God? What can I do? Do I have to read my Bible multiple multiple times a day? Do I have to pray multiple times a day? Do I have to serve seven days, eight days a week in order for me to be okay? Like things like this that aren't good because there is this lack of knowledge and this type of ignorance when it comes to mental health. Because, and I, I don't know if it was her or this other resource that really helped me when it came to like my OCD struggles with, his name is Mark DeJesus. Um, he has like a podcast. He has um, so many free online resources when it comes to this that has helped me. One of, it was either the first book I had mentioned or Mark DeJesus that talked about the idea that our brain is like an organ. What does that mean? That just the way people have, you know, they can have liver failure or they can have heart failure, like these type of disorders or diseases, why do we think our brain is any different? Like, why can't we think that way when it comes to our brain, when, when our brain is an organ? And sometimes we might have chemical imbalances in our brain. And sometimes the way we filter things is not really necessarily a way that will help us. And so we need answers for those situations, for those people that have that type of life that are seeking answers to have a better, much more free peace of a mind life. And so I, this really opened my eyes reading her book. Um, and I know it was a blessing from God because I no longer, I, I started getting in touch with this idea that yes, there is a lot of ignorance when it comes to mental health, um, when it comes to Christianity. And I think that's why a lot of people, and I've heard it, I've not only heard it, I've seen it, people that completely reject Christians, um, because they have this idea that Christians are just so ignorant. Like they it's like when they speak out of what they read from the Bible or when they speak out of um, what they understand, which I know is out of good intent. For someone that doesn't understand that's though that type of mentality or that type of relationship with God, they think you're speaking another language. And when you and and some people just it causes more harm than good. And like I said, I'm I am a Christian. Like I'm considering myself under this um of what I'm speaking about, because I'm sure I've done it too. I'm sure in the time where I was just heavily involved, um, in my church and with God, like, I'm sure I probably said the wrong thing to someone that probably made them feel bad about their, their mental health. I'm sure I did, but it's like, that is where there's opportunity to learn and to understand that there are people that can be Christian and can believe in God that can have a really right standing, good relationship with God but can also be struggling with something mentally. And that doesn't have to do anything with their relationship with God. That just has to do with the life they were given, the body they were given, the beautiful body and mind they were given. Um, and that's something I had to accept within myself because I also started thinking that maybe it was something I was not doing right with God. I was like, maybe this is like kind of a form of like punishment because I haven't been right standing with God. Um, 
all this type of thinking that I know this was a blessing for me to find this book regardless because I was no longer praying for like God take it away I started praying for God show me what I need to see show me what my eyes and my mind can comprehend that you want me to understand not just take it away because what type of lesson comes from that what type of knowledge comes from that nothing we get into this idea that once God takes a specific pain away we're going to be asking for the next one to be taken away but where do we learn in that nothing and so that was a super humbling experience let me tell you to get into to get into a type of mindset where you feel like you don't know what to do humbles you so much because you realize that you don't know it all no matter how much you know and I had to realize I don't know it all as much as I know like as much as I know right now I'm probably gonna think in the next couple years that I I'm pretty knowledgeable in a specific area but I think life has a funny way of working to where something will happen and again I'll be like oh my god I don't know anything why because it's a journey like we go along our life learning not arriving and sometimes especially people with that struggle with like type of ocd thinking um is that we think that like it's just black or white it's it's one or the other and like i said i didn't want to self-diagnose myself with this because i didn't want to go to the idea that i'm you know i'm because i'm not a therapist like i said but finding resources that gave methods of how to overcome this um, and actually applying those methods in my life and them actually working which is why today I no longer struggle with this to the way I did um, it's hard for me to be like oh no I don't struggle with OCD but the type of therapy for OCD helped me um, and that might be the case for someone else you know you might not struggle with OCD but what I'm about to say might be something that might actually help you um, and so one of the things she describes in the book and this was when it came became interesting because she just started to talk about the forms of therapy um, that she that helped her along the way. So when it came to the type of intrusive thought, whatever that was, and people that struggle with OCD intrusive thoughts, it ranges from so many different things. Like there's different themes to the type of things that you overly worry about. So. People struggle with overly worrying about their health, that they might be um, sick in a form in a way that like they like they might, you know, think, oh, my gosh, like my the side of my back hurts. What does that look like? And then you they'd Google it and then it'd be like, oh, well, you have cancer and <laughs> they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I have cancer. Like uh, and it, it like I said, it's not like a normal based thinking. It becomes so extreme to where they will overly google something or they'll ask everyone and they'll be like what do you think about this do you think i might have this and it's like they try seeking that temporary reassurance within whether that is with health um in my case was relationship ocd um and then other people deal with it with their religion with their relationship with god other people struggle with it they have over um they have like intrusive thoughts about harming themselves people have intrusive thoughts about um harming others and like there are these like there's it just ranges but that's the thing OCD is so sneaky because it can go for one thing it can start with one thing 
Um, but it can morph into something else because you you become so driven by this worry that the what ifs, it finds a home in another what if. And then you stay in that home of what if and you everything you see is filtered through it. Like I said, when I said that your mind associates things, when you go through that, your mind associates anything that you're worried about. So you microanalyze any little thing that might have some correlation with what you're worried about. And when you might have that because our brain naturally does that, You don't know how to distinguish it, so you worry about it. And not just that, anxiety accompanies it. And that's where it became so severe for me because it started with intrusive thinking, morphed into intrusive thinking with anxiety. And then it just kind of became all of anxiety because any type of thought or any little thing that associated itself, I'd worry about. And so when it came to this, um, the form of therapy that she was talking about, um, one of them was just when you simply have a thought an intrusive thought, a thought with negativity with it that comes with it, you know, all of that bad stuff. Um, All you have to do is state that it's just a thought. Now, someone might say, wow, that's so easy. What? That's that's it? Um, It's not as easy as it sounds. Why? Because when you become to a point where you have anxiety, naturally your fight or flight instincts kick in to where when you tell yourself it's just a thought, it's like, um, you're telling me it's just a thought, but I feel like I'm about to die right now. Like literally, like I feel like I'm about to die right now. And you're telling me it's just a thought. Um, No, it's not just a thought because I have so much other things to worry about. And so that was like an interesting one because you no longer had to do a self like inner dialogue with yourself about why you shouldn't be worried about why you should be worried about it um you couldn't try to um get reassurance from something whether that's googling whether that's asking people what they think about your relationship or asking people about like anything you do for temporary reassurance to make you feel good for a little bit is a death trap why do you say that because now you re you you basically tell your mind yeah i'm looking for temporary reassurance from this because i'm afraid of it and so your brain thinks oh you're afraid of it okay so now i'm gonna go in a little bit you know more extreme mode since you're afraid of it and you just showed me you're afraid of it so anytime anything triggers it i'm gonna make you feel even more afraid so you know what to do so you can find safety and safety what that looks like in our fight or flight instinct is temporary reassurance like instant gratification and so in that moment that was one things that one of the things that helped her was just kind of every time she would have a thought to just have the thought let the anxiety run through your body and leave it there why does that help because what makes OCD intrusive thinking worse is um accompanying it by giving it more reason to worry and by trying to figure it out and trying to solve it and trying to find a now answer. And that's the thing. We don't, we're never going to know all the answers in the world. We're not. That's just how life is. We're not. Even when we want them, we might not know them until in the future. And that's life. Um, I wish I could tell you that, you know, everything I want in my life, I'm going to have 100% and nothing's going to change. Things are going to happen. And so that trains your mind to understand Even if this triggering thought comes to me, it's just a thought. It's just another fly that I'm going to kill with my swinging fly thingy. (laughs) It's not something that has to stick. Um, And so that was one of the form of therapy that helped her. The other one was so interesting because it now walked into the idea that when you would have an intrusive thought, um, not only would you tell yourself it's just a thought, but when when you wouldn't have the thought and you'd be 
peaceful this is kind of like exposure therapy i don't know if you guys have heard of what that is but basically for like example people that struggle with like phobias that are super intensely afraid of stuff some of the ways that people help them um overcome that phobia is by exposing them to their innermost fear to realize that what they fear isn't as bad as they think it is um and what does that do it trains their own mind um to face the fear you know, to stand in front of your fear and not let it bring you down because the every single time you try avoiding that fear, it gets stronger. You give it power when you try walking away from it and avoiding it. You take your freedom and your peace when you stand in front of it and you say, you have no hold over me. You have no hold over me. No matter how much you might try to make me feel like you have a hold over me, you don't. And so exposure therapy for thoughts is like crazy interesting and this was mind-blowing for me because I was like okay like for phobias that makes sense you expose yourself to the fear over and over again um when you're feeling calm like you purposely make yourself be in the fear so you take control over your fear by putting yourself in it um and no longer waiting for the trigger to come uh but I was like okay well that works with you know the someone that has phobia is a, is a physical thing. It's an activity that you do. How do you do that with your thoughts? Well, <laughs> um, she stated in her book, and if you ever, it's an interesting book. So even if you ever want to have any more knowledge when it comes to OCD or you know what someone that struggles with OCD, I definitely recommend this book. Um, she goes on to say that what she what you have to do is when you're completely peaceful and you're quiet, and nothing is bothering you um you have to purposely trigger yourself with whatever it is you're worried about and you have to let the anxiety kind of run the way it does you know what it accompanies with and you have to create this story of all the possible what ifs of that fear and this is the thing about OCD is that it's so bizarre The things that people worry about sound so bizarre and almost like it sounds kind of funny. Like it sounds kind of funny the things that people with OCD struggle with because it sounds so illogical kind of. Like it's kind of like, okay, well, why are you really worrying about that? But the thing is for someone that struggles with these thoughts, it does not feel like it's, it's something to laugh about. It does not feel like it's something that's bizarre. It feels something super real. And, and that's where I think it has so much power is that it makes it feel like it's your real life situation now or in the future. So what she does in the book for this type of exposure therapy is that she would, I think her fear had to do with some, I think her fear was like that she would, um, she had this intrusive thought that she would harm her child even though that's not what she wanted. Um, and so then she basically in detail created a story about what would happen if she were to harm her child and that she would end up going to like a mental mental institution and like all the details about like running everything to the core of like the extreme what if of the fear she kept having to where I know it sounds crazy (laughs) I know it sounds crazy um but she would do that because when you expose every single possible what if with you purposely triggering your own thought when you're peaceful and bringing up and squeezing out every single what if in detail like 
she would do this mo- i think she said she did it for a while it, i think it took a couple months that she would do this type of therapy with herself where she'd either write it down or she'd say it out loud of every single what if to where even when the thought would come triggering again it wouldn't come off so heavy because she already came up with every single what if. And that's the thing with OCD is that when you have a triggering thought and it comes with anxiety, any single what if sounds reasonable. But if you already are training your mind to not fear it because you're already stating it to begin with and it doesn't have to come up with every single scenario, you don't give it power anymore. So over time, that type of exposure to that type of fear and squeezing out any type of what if on your own instance, on your own case, um, makes it go away and not have as much power. And so it just, I started doing that um, with my own fears. Um, I started creating the storyline of what if, of, of every single possible what if. And that's the thing. It's important to know with this therapy that you don't do it. She doesn't do it and I didn't do it with... Um, in the moment when you're feeling anxiety and a trigger comes to you that's the thing you don't do that because that's what we naturally already do when we are in a in a form of um trying to find a compulsion so trying to make it go away when we when a trigger comes to us so it chooses us and then we allow the fear to take control over us what we typically try to do is solve it so we try to figure out a way we're like well what if this what if this what if this and then we think of all the possible what ifs but it's different with this type of therapy because you take control over it it's on your it's on your uh whatchamacallit what's the word not on your case it's on your boundaries it's on your whatever the point is um it's you choosing to feel it so you're training your mind you're basically training these certain type of thinking patterns that you used to have before into thinking differently to where now when a something would trigger you you already have a form of like a basis reference of all the fears to where like when it comes you're like oh I already thought about that that already came to me you know like and and it starts not feeling as heavy the reason why OCD thinking becomes so obsessional when it when it's something you think about so many times is because we try to find a compulsion whatever that looks like like I said like it's something you do to make the feeling go away it's whatever you do to make the feeling go away and sometimes you just have to have the feeling Sometimes you just have to let the feeling run its course and go away by itself and realize that's just a thought. And even if that were to happen, and let me tell you, like this type of thinking isn't to be delusional and be like, oh, like I'm like, just because I'm worried about if someone's the one or not, doesn't mean like if I choose not to worry about it, that means they're going to be the one. No, that just means you let life run its course. You let it do its thing. You do your own thing. And like, you don't worry about it. You don't worry yourself to death. Woo hoo ha hoo ha. This was a lot. <laughs> and I'm so thankful, you know, that I am able to talk about this. As I said, um, and I hope I will be able to be a little more transparent in these next following episodes. I'm basically gonna be doing a a series, like a part series with um talking more specifics when it comes to like the relationship part, the love part, the idea where I was talking about culture sells us this idea of love that I think is kind of flawed. Um, and then this also idea of kind of like my walk with Christianity and how like just to talk about certain things that no one wants to talk about when it comes to Christianity, at least in my instance, in my case, what I grew up with. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to go on and, and be more open and detailed about that. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. Um, one of the last things I wanted to talk about was what 
some of the references that had helped me um, along the way as far as like books and, you know, resources. The first one, like I said, the the main book I was talking about in this um, podcast episode was Striving Within the OCD Christian, Overcoming Doubt in the Storm of Anxiety, Mitzi. And then her last name is V-A-N-C-L-E-V-E. I'm illiterate. I can't read that. <laughs> um, and then the other one that I had also listened to that really, really helped me um, was Overcoming Unwanted Intrusive Thoughts, a CBT-based guide to getting over frightening, obsessive, or disturbing thoughts. Like I said, even if you struggle with OCD or you don't, like these things are really good tools to help you if you struggle with managing your emotions. Just a thought. Um, and then also Mark DeJesus, he is also someone that talks about mental health and Christianity and that realm and what, how that has to do with God and healing your heart, all of that good stuff. Um, those were honestly mainly good sources that, um, helped me. So thank you guys so much for listening and please stay tuned for the next episode.